0: Epic Turn is a podcast about the hobby gaming industry, what we love or hate about it, how it's evolving and changing, and other things that as gamers we're passionate about. Your host are Brian McLemore, that's me, and Tim Aldridge. Welcome as we take our next post Gen Con Epic Turn. Ooh, I like that post Gen Con Epic Turn. Yeah. Um, So this is our day three recap. Is it really day three? No, it used to be day three. I missed day three. Day three was a good day. It was a good day.
1: So I guess we need to start covering what we did day three. Yeah.
0: And for those who skipped day two, we are recording the wraparounds, our interviews uh, afterwards. If you want more details, please refer to day two.
1: <laughs> or you could just, the long story short is.
0: Uh, don't we, don't worry about it.
1: Okay. Fair enough. Listen, yeah. to, listen to day two. <laughs> listen to day two. You and, need to listen and, to that one anyway. It was good. Yes. Plus it gives away the. It's a spoiler for episode three. Yes. I mean, episode seven or Ah, day. Anyway, anyway, so Epic turn uh, went to a world, the Ascension worlds tournament out of all our players I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. We all scrubbed out really badly.
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Okay. I I went two and two. I went two and two. And it, it was a very, very sad day for me when it comes to Ascension. It was a very sad day for me as well. But not because I lost the tournament, but because I worry I'm not liking Ascension as much as I used to.
1: Would you care to elaborate?
0: Okay. I saw this in three of my four games, and I saw it in a lot of games surrounding me. And mm. I started feeling this when Rise came out, and it's become even more pronounced now that Darkest Unleashed is out. Is it Darkness Unleashed? It's Darkness something. It's Darkness Unleashed. Okay, I was right. Um mm-hmm. The game swings so hard. We talked about it initially. We thought it had uh, kind of gotten better from the swinginess we saw in the last block. But uh, I, I, I think it's gotten worse in a lot of ways. It may not do it every time, but it swings so hard when it does.
1: I don't know if it's the swinginess because it was more in the last block base set the last block that was a lot more of solitaire mm-hmm. they they did fix that in the rise because the most i went on one turn is i probably spent if if i was to condense it down a little bit probably like three two to three minutes unlike you know immortal heroes block where you could be not more heroes uh storm of souls block where you could
0: take a turn for 20 minutes 10, and 20 minutes. we literally did that i think our record was i took two turns back to back and spent the better part of 40 minutes on it Right. and I mean, they
1: did solve that problem, but the spikiness of the set is Mm -hmm. a lot worse than it ever, ever was.
0: You know, uh, cards like Oziah is they're just in the right scenario. They can just completely eliminate any hope that your game Mm -hmm. that your opponent has or or that you have, depending on who's wielding him. Um, And that's my concern is I spent the first game feeling sorry and guilty about Mm -hmm. what I was doing to my opponent. And then the second game, my opponent was apologizing to me as he was doing the same stuff back. And my third game, I was apologizing again and again feeling guilty because of how much jank I was pulling on him. And the fourth game was the only one I had where it was anything resembling a close game. You know, Mm -hmm. I really think it's telling that in their – in in the scoring for the Swiss tournament – They say Mm -hmm. anything over a 20-point victory is considered to be a a major win or a major loss, and they use that for tie-breaking. Yep. My first game, I won by 50 points. My second game, I lost by 53 points. And my third game, I won by about 25. Wow. Um, I don't think major wins and losses should be that common. Um, I talked to – out of all the people I talked to at the tournament, only one person said every game they played was close. Wow. Now, the mechanics as they were introduced could lead room for uh, comeback victories. But in reality, I think what happens is the person who gets the early advantage just grinds their opponent into the ground and just runs away. And that's not what I find fun.
1: Yeah, I have to agree with you. My, uh, out of my four games, my first one was close. I lost by a point. The other three were like blowouts. Was, we're talking 50 to 100. Well, I think my – not 50 to 100. It was between – usually between 50 and 75 point differences. Um, this is not a joke. It's just that's how much of mm-hmm. a difference I saw.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean I, my I, second game, I, had, I was in the 90s. Or, or no, my opponent was in the 90s. I was in the 30s
1: yeah um my my second game, I felt really bad because I did one hundred and ten to fifty, and I sat back going god dude i 'm sorry and I think the I think another sign that something 's gone wrong with your tournament is the fact that this was happening to everybody mm-hmm. like I would sit there and talk to like my opponent and I would be standing in line and then we would talk and then we'd talk to the people around us, and then eventually you know. I would uh, the one thing I will say is the ascension community is very nice about this. Is I would go up into my opponent and be like, "Hey man, how'd you do your next game?" Like, well, to be honest, I got this combo, and his opponent's like, "Yeah, it was it was really stupid." And uh, yeah, there was a lot of people. It was like there wasn't a lot of happy faces, or because even when you know you lose, if it's a good game, both sides of the both sides of the fence, both players can have a good time. Like my first game, Mm -hmm. my opponent, I. That one point difference, we were both just like racing, having a close game. Mm -hmm. It was fun. And we joked about afterwards. That's the kind of games you should have at all times.
0: Yeah. And my fourth game was the same way. I lost by one point my fourth game. Um, And if more games were that close or even within 10 points of each other, 15 points of each other, it would be a lot better. Um, Because even if you thought you were losing, if you were only seven points away at the end, you're like, wow, I did a lot better than I thought I did. Right, yeah. no, that doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, in this one, it's like, oh man, I'm losing. And you do the count, and it's like, I got, I got, I got, 40 points, and the other guy's like, well, I'm not even gonna say, but let's just say yeah. it was a major win. Uh, right. You know, and it's, it's, uh, it's depressing to me a little bit. I felt a little, felt a little sad when we walked away from the tournament because a game that I love so much and I've played so much of has fallen so far from the amount of fun I used to have with it.
1: I, uh, the sad part is I can't, I, I
0: can't argue that point.
1: <laughs> like, I wish I had a counter to what you just said. Unfortunately, I don't.
0: No, um, no I, I think the good news here is that if if enough people feel the same way, that uh, Stoneblade and, you know, Gary, he will go in and they can fix this in the next block.
1: I really hope so, because I don't want to. I, that's one of my favorite things looking forward to Gen Con is going to Worlds. Mm-hmm. Or in you know, general, I like to do a tournament while I'm there. Probably next year I'll probably, you know, I'll do something else uh, if the block is not good. And it's not that we're not going to buy Ascension. Like, I, the, the next set is still on. I mean, we still bought an expansion set at Gen Con. One of us did. And mm-hmm. I still have it on the Cool Stuff wish list.
0: Yeah. No, and I mean, it's, I'm sure we'll still play some, but... And, you know, when it comes on the iPad, I'll probably buy it. Um, No no questions asked. And and when the next set comes out, I'm still going to get it just on the hope that this is not the trend of where it's going and that we're going to swing back and have a correction.
1: Well, I mean, mean, they did correct some things in this set. That was our problems in the last set. So Mm -hmm. we can only continue to hope that that's what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, I mean they have some great mechanics, like the transform mechanic. I actually thought was really cool. Um, it didn't seem overly powered to me, um, but just I, I think the uh, much like the soul gems, the energized mechanic overall is is prone to extreme ups and downs. Hello.
1: Sorry about that, my my mic went weird. <laughs> no um, worries, no worries. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I think it is prone to that, and yeah. we, we shall see. I mean, I, I don't think there's much we can say on the current set, just that the, the expansion, the transform mechanic, made a ton of cards just... Like I'll give you an example, the world champion from last year, his card is gain six honor when you transform, by the way, gain six honor and then double the honor of any card, double the honor of any honor you receive. So if you let's say and I had this happen is I played (laughs) I played Jacob, the Cobra King or King Cobra or whatever, Mm -hmm. and then I played Ozai and I wiped the board. I wiped a full board of Ozai. And I gained 75 in one turn.
0: Like I, not I literally
1: that... buried, I buried my opponent in one cast.
0: Yeah. And it's not that hard to achieve these kind of, uh, what was that? I don't know. I okay. I was on your side. I, no idea. Uh, but it's not hard to achieve these uh, scores and these issues. It's relatively easy to acquire even cards like Ozai, for example, he's a nine cast. Are nine costs right um, it should be really hard to use his ability or to get him in my first game I copied him using a four cost and the second game he was copied against me using a four cost yeah you know and, <laughs> oh yeah and that uh, happened to me too and you know when he was copied against me he literally cleared a board and one of the ba- and one of the defeating effects on an eight drop monster uh, was acquire any hero in this in a row and guess yeah. who he acquired? That was I. Yeah, of course. Yep. Of uh, course.
1: I would have done it too. I'm yeah. just saying.
0: <laughs> you know, and uh, I've seen uh, there's another card that it's relatively easy to get enough Energize to acquire any hero in the center row, regardless of how much they cost. Yeah. Um, in one game, I had an Energize engine running down to the point where I was hitting seven to nine Energize a turn. I'm so insane. I could I could pop every effect I had. And everything that popped on the board, I could do. So it was. I don't know. I I like the overall feel of the set, but I don't like it in practice.
1: But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. That's all I can say is that mm-hmm. the energized the energized mechanic is a is something new that they're trying. And I'll be honest, I really hope we see it disappear in in the next set that mm-hmm. or the energize themselves the treasure instead of being something you flip and build maybe they're built into the monster themselves like kill a monster gain an energized token and you have to kind of expend them like uh monster trophies because currently even with the the 30 you add for uh rise and then the 10 now you have for darkness 20 i 20 yes i was seeing i was seeing a treasure like four or five treasures under things and that's with really good shuffles with pile
0: shuffling Mm -hmm. It just—I I don't know. I hope the mechanic goes away in the future. Yeah, well, as in the past, we've seen it happen. But before this turns into the Ascension episode, uh, I think it's time to move on.
1: I, I think so too, because we could probably spend a lot of time analyzing our worlds. But so mm-hmm. after worlds, we we all, uh, you know, we dropped out, and just like on Friday, we went we went to the vendor hall. We yeah. spent a lot of time in the vendor hall. <laughs>
0: There, for those who don't know, the vendor hall is 60,000, 80,000 square foot, maybe more. I, I don't know. It could be 120. It's, it's three full-size halls, and those halls are about thirty to 40,000 square feet apiece. So it's absolutely massive. Um, I know one thing I did, and I actually found this booth two days prior. Um, I, I went and bought a jacket. Uh-oh. Oh, no. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. It's a really nice jacket it's uh, and I just want to give a shout out to the company that makes it because uh, Pendragon costumes are pretty big. they do steampunk, they do Renaissance fair clothes, they do uh, sci-fi inspired leather clothing is what they call it. and you know whether you're trying to make you know trying to if you're doing characters you know if you're trying to be Dresden or John Crichton from Farscape or you want to do just the whole steampunk thing, they have whatever you need. Um, so I, the one I'm getting, I'm not trying to do a character I just really like the jacket And it's a full length trench coat um, And uh, I'm very excited they, had, they did a special order Because the sleeves are a little bit too long So they're actually making me one by hand I, I can't wait
1: that sounds pretty epic. I know you were sending me pictures while I was walking around uh, of, of the different jackets you were trying on. And I thought the the first one was a little weird, but that second one, that one, I got to admit that that second jacket was pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's kind of like, I don't know, it almost has like a military type feel to me with um, the way like the shoulders are cut. Uh, the first one is actually very close to what they describe Harry Dresden wearing in the Dresden Files. Oh, uh um, nice. the uh it's a it's a it's a full duster and um yeah. the one of the guys that works there and he's i don't know if he's one of the elders or just been working with him forever but uh he he told me he was a personal friend of um of the author behind the Dresden files and you know so they they made jackets for him and everything else and the description of those jackets have shown up in the show as something harry wore Oh, cool. Yeah. it's super neat. <laughs> <laughs> so these guys are the real deal, you know, um, and uh, I, I put a link to them in the show notes if you want to look around. They go to all the big ren fairs, I think, and they go to many of the biggest conventions, like they're going to be at Dragon Con in a few weeks. So if you're going to that, go check them out. Absolutely phenomenal guys, and uh, they, they really they really make a high-quality product.
1: Sweet. Well, I know when you were doing jackets, I actually got to stop by the Japanime Games booth. Mm -hmm. i gotta try out the crow's master arena uh board game they're they're putting out uh, okay it's called and it was a lot of fun it was a um it was a miniature game they come with pre-painted miniatures and you build a team just like any kind of like hero clicks ish kind of style and they have all these you know neat powers i played a guy that played like Bomberman, which i thought was awesome Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh it's just this—you uh, you build it out, and you and you just you—it's a four-player game. You can play it with two, you can play it three, you play it four, and you just do this arena-style combat where you know the object is to eliminate the opposing team. And you and you can play it either battle arena, battle royale style, yeah, or you can play it as two teams of two. Right. So it was really fun. I had a lot of good times with it. Uh, unfortunately, again, listeners, please don't hate me, but I
0: didn't pick it up. It looks like it has a pretty neat – I'm looking at some pictures of it on the website because I didn't see this in person. It looks like it has some pretty neat build quality elements to it, uh, very yeah. cutesy anime style, and it looks like it's based on a, uh, a computer game. That it's based I've,
1: on Wakfu and Drophus, I think. Well, there's a, Chrono,
0: there's a Chromaster Arena computer game. Two, uh That's yes. on the same site, and uh, mm-hmm. I've never played it. Um, so if you, but if you like it, maybe you should check out the board game. It does look like it could be, if not uh, good, at least an entertaining romp. I use the word romp. I shouldn't have done that.
1: That's uh, all right. Just wait. Hey, for- anyways, just wait for. We just wait for Saturday's episode. There's a lot of words we should never have used <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, anyway. Um, so, so I tried that out and I had a lot of fun with it. I didn't pick it up, yeah, um, but then it was we, mainly because we oh, met up later.
0: On. What, wait, hold on, I wasn't done. <sighs> You're never done.
1: Well, no, was, uh, I i didn't get to pick it up. Um, they had a big collector's edition set, mm-hmm. and since we were running off, like literally, I finished up that interview. That interview, blah. I finished up that that game, and I had to rush off to our interview, which we're about to get to.
0: Yeah, yeah. But before before we get to the interview, though, there was there was something that we got to do that was pretty cool. I don't remember. Okay, we got to play another arena game. Uh,
1: are you talking about Puppet Wars? I am
0: talking about Puppet Wars.
1: That was before that was before dinner and after
0: the privateer press. Interview. Yeah, but I want to talk about the interview at the end because we're going to segue directly to that
1: all right yeah so by the way so i rushed off to an interview which you'll hear later yeah after said interview we we walked over to the weird uh the weird booth and we tried puppet wars
0: unstitched yeah and those i'm sorry but they make neat stuff but those guys are weird at least yes. what they make that is weird oh it's amazing though no it's it's highly stylized it's very lightweight horror ish like it's it's kind of like the cheesy horror that you'll never be scared of, but it's kind of creepy.
1: I don't know. It reminds me well, at least again. It's Puppet Wars so it remind me a Puppet Master, but everything is this demented. Uh, it's like grotesque, a grotesque, gothic Chucky-ish it, thing. Yes, it's yeah. it's it's a lot
0: of everything, which mm-hmm. is really awesome. Yeah, and uh, of... <laughs> we did it again. Um, we did it again. We did it again. No, so the neat thing about it is it's set in a. Um, it's set in the same universe as their main game, Malifa Malifo, Malifa I you say the word.
2: I think it's Malifo. Uh,
0: Malifo. 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 Anyway, so it's set in that same main world, and the char- if you play that, the characters that you enjoy and have seen there are gonna show up in this game. Uh, so things like um, uh, the the one I got to play was Lady Justice.
1: I played Seamus and his and his band of adventurers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, Lady Justice is a puppet master and she summons all these other puppets. And uh, it still uses the same uh, deck of cards that you can use in the other one. Uh, It was a lot of fun. And you just all these demented puppets in a in a in a toy store going at it.
1: Well, yeah, I was not a toy store. So it was a workbench area. It was an alchemist lab. No, no. Uh, I thought thought it was like a warehouse or something. No, it was an alchemist lab that we played on. Or at least that's what I remember. But then again, it doesn't really matter. (laughs) No, I have
0: to be right. I have to be right. I'm just saying in the end, though, it doesn't really matter because all that matters is you are standing around there with a bunch of puppets and you're and you're fighting each other and you're tearing people to shreds. And then you pick up the pop gun off my guy's corpse. And, you know, (laughs) I just pop shot everyone. It was it was a great time. I had a lot of fun with the game. Of course you won. Of course you
1: did. Yeah. Of course I didn't know, but even then I still loved uh, – this is the the reprint or the reissue of the original Puppet Wars. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's like and a second I, edition type ordeal.
1: Yeah, uh, well, because that was also because Malifo is on its second edition, which mm-hmm. debuted at GenCon. Sadly, didn't get to get to a demo of that. Uh, we, had to, we actually were kicked out of the vendor hall because it was closing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we had stayed a little bit too late on our demo. Yeah, and then um,
0: we ran to – Get some snacks and stuff because we had True Dungeon shortly thereafter. And then we went drinking after True Dungeon.
1: Yeah, we did that, but we'll get to that later.
0: Well, well, why not now?
1: No, we'll get to it later. Hold on, I want to finish up. So uh, I played the original puppet wars and i absolutely loved it and every time i went to go try to buy it and it was you know out of print i was a little sad so i think probably i got i got packs coming up and after packs i might pick it up and paint them because i Mm -hmm. love puppet wars yeah they said you have to
0: assemble and paint the figures which
1: not my bag but i know you like that i love it anyway so uh (coughs) i think here's where we're going to transition into our past selves again Uh, As they interview Simon Berman and William Hungerford from Privateer Press.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, take it away past Tim and Brian.
1: Well, uh, we're here at Gen Con Day 3, and we got invited to talk to Privateer Press today, and we have Simon. How's it going? Doing pretty good. Uh, So Simon, uh, you want to kind
3: of introduce yourself, what you do for Privateer Press? Uh, I'm the marketing coordinator at Privateer, uh, which means I do our community management uh, I help with a lot of other marketing needs. Um, and I even do a little bit of staff writing sometimes for uh, their fiction. Oh, wow. Like, can you give an example? Uh, I've written most of the model entries for, uh, like, yes. the section that describes your new unit or character or whatever for uh, Mark II. Mark II?
1: Wow. Very cool. So, uh, here at Gen Con, you guys, uh, I talked about it ear- earlier with you in the pre show. Uh, you guys are debuting two big products here at Gen Con. Mm-hmm. That's High Command. Yep. Your deck builder. Trips. And Omega sorry, Level Seven Omega Protocol. Right. Yeah.
2: Um, oh.
0: Level seven was one of my favorite
3: games from last year. Awesome. It's great to hear. We have an we have an expansion for that tool that released earlier in the spring called Lockdown. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That looks I, right. Actually, I think I picked it up yesterday too. Oh yeah, great. Yeah. Let me know what you think. I will. We'll, we'll know when we get back. We're we'll awesome. so actually
1: probably gonna do an episode just about level seven. That's great. Yeah, that's comparing great. the 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 first one you guys did to the Omega Protocol, and you know, giving a good comparison. The so first one was like you versus the board, and the
3: last one was
1: high <coughs> uh, command. <coughs> well, sorry. For a <laughs> Here we go. We're back on. So we're gonna do that uh, the episode with level seven. Uh, but one of the big ticket items I was looking forward to this year, and I rushed pretty much the first day to go grab it, was high command. Now, I'm kind of curious where Privateer Press, uh, in the sense, I guess, what I'm trying to get at is, why get into deck building now? I mean, you guys are really great at doing, you know, miniature gaming. War Machine, in my opinion, is one of the best miniature games on the market. Thank you. Uh, And your board game now, your board game success with things like Infernal Contraption, Mania, Level 7, is, again, absolutely phenomenal. I mean, are you guys trying to go for Striking Roll three times with High Command?
3: Um, you know, we just try and make cool games that we think are are fun. Um, Part of why we're doing High Command is that um, we we love the Arcanians, we love Western Imran, the armies of War Machine and boards, and uh, we're looking for new ways to to introduce those things to people who may not be into miniatures gaming or uh, are looking for other ways to kind of interact with the world. Uh, so you know, War Machine focuses on on the very specific battles that take place there between a Warcaster and their their battle group and army, uh, whereas High Command kind of focuses on like a, the grand sweep of war across Western Amber, and you're fighting for locations and regions. Um, and it's gonna let us it gives us an opportunity to introduce new people to the two War Machine hordes as well as give our existing audience a new way to experience that world. So deck building seemed like a cool thing to do. Uh, being able to construct the decks. Um, really spoke to War Machine because we, we, we could theme different factions that way and give people, um, if not the same experience, a, a familiar experience in a, a way that, something that, that makes sense with the different factions, and I think our developers really tried very hard to have each of the decks uh, feel like your War Machine faction if you're familiar with it, right? If you're playing Kador, you're going to have some giant warjacks holding locations and your opponents are going to have real trouble dislodging those, but they might be coming out a little bit later in the game because they're resource-heavy. Right. Whereas tricks, um, they've got some sneaky tricks. They can they can bring units back from the dead. They can reanimate guys. Um, they've got some nasty like uh, uh, techniques that will make your opponent discard cards if they conflict. So like they're full of lots of sneakiness and it, it feels like tricks to me.
1: I was gonna say I, I got to try the Signar out on the demo station, and that was just. I'm trying to find a way to describe it because it, it is its own unique deck building experience. Like you guys didn't shoot for a traditional some like Dominion or Ascension. You guys did kind of go for something unique in the field. So, I guess what I'm saying, anybody who wants to check out High Command, you have
0: to do it. Because it is a definitely a unique deck builder. Yeah. Well, and from the, Prime and Prime. admittedly, uh, High Command is going to be the, my introduction to the War Machine universe. Because as much as I've always thought miniature gaming was cool, it's always kind of scared me off a little bit. you know. And I'm looking forward to being able to check out some of this lore that Tim and some of my other friends talk sure. about so much. We, we
1: promise we do not talk about you guys all the time. <laughs> we may or may not have, I may or may not have infected our office with War Machine. Because when you guys ran the Kickstarter, which congratulations on Kickstarter thank for thank finishing you. up, that was amazing. Uh, when you guys ran the Kickstarter promo to get the battle groups, I may or may not have, like, went to every single person's office and went, by the way. <laughs>
3: We need you to buy this. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, we appreciate your support, and anybody anybody who's listening to your podcast um, back to us on Kickstarter. Uh, thank you so much. We we remain humbled and overwhelmed by the, the outpouring of support that we, we experienced for that. Um, Tactics kind of ties into what I was saying before about new ways to experience the Iron Kingdoms, right. because um, Tactics is going to be again a familiar but new experience. You know, it's going to feel like War Machine, um, but it's going to be it's it's letting us take a different take a different camera lens to the Iron Kingdoms, right. and uh, that's another expression of the world.
1: Makes sense. I mean, that's important. The more you, the more and more you get people into it, the better you. They will try all other products around. This. Sure.
3: I mean, not even that. We just, we just think we've got a really great setting. Um, just, you know, some really cool characters and great art, and we just want to, we want to share that with people. Now, I can say that is
1: very true. I, uh, I pick up Iron Kingdoms. We were talking about this again earlier. It is, I pick up the first year remake of Iron Kingdoms, just would be technically second edition in a sense. Uh,
3: it's, uh, it's our own unique proprietary system. Iron Kingdoms, for anybody listening who may not know, started as a D20 uh, setting and supplement, and last year at Gen. Actually, we uh, we launched the Iron Kingdoms exactly. role-playing game core rules. And those rules are drawn from the War Machine and Hordes rules. Um, uh, gratifyingly enough, last night we were the Any me. Awards, and we actually won four Anyes for uh, for that book. Um, we really, got, we took best. We took uh, silver in uh, best production values and best um, best rules, which is very cool. Nice. And we actually took gold in um, best cover art and best game, which was wow. a tremendous honor. That is amazing. Yeah, we're really congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. And with that being said,
1: you guys did release a new Iron Kingdom supplement at Gen Con.
3: Yes, we launched the second of our major uh, core book supplements for that, Kings, Nations, and Gods, which uh, explores the five nations of the Corvus Treaties in uh, really great detail, more than we've ever had the chance to do before. So we get into those histories, the cultures and societies, the organizations, what it's like to live there, um, the unique cities and locations. Um, and then every each of those chapters is about um, 70 to 80 pages uh, and then concludes with a section of playable material, including new careers, new equipment, new warjacks, new spells, um, and that they're all filled. With, it's all filled with really awesome new art, um, exploring the the environments of the Iron Kingdoms, which is something we haven't really gotten the chance to do very much of before. So uh, we've all been. We just think it's really cool to finally you know see these things come to life, and we've always had it in our heads, but actually get to the point of page and go, oh, that's that's Saryl. That's those are the streetcars in Cyril and you know really. Um, really show people what the Iron Kingdoms looks like and that it's not just in the fantasy setting That it's, it's a very very unique place I will say it definitely
1: is <laughs> <laughs> well that means uh, that means I need to take a quick break I'm going to pass over to Brian
3: I think I need to
0: go pick up this book <laughs>
3: uh, I'm
0: just curious has the reception been well here at Gen Con for the book so far
3: yeah it's been doing really well Gen Con
1: um, hold on we're playing shuffle back here no, 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 don't no, worry about, about it. Worries. We're uh, We're actually filming, oh, not filming, recording. Yeah. We don't so we'll have cameras. Uh, we're actually recording here in Privateer Press's booth. They were nice enough to invite us back so we can get this recording.
3: Yeah. So again, thanks again, Simon. My pleasure. <laughs> thanks for uh, putting up with us. Uh, uh, no, no, no. We no,
0: we, we don't do the strict Q&A style. Sure. So we like to just sit out and geek out with the people that we talk to.
3: That's cool. Yeah,
0: you know, that's one thing I like about the community overall. So many hobby game publishers are doing so about what they're doing. That's why they do what they do.
3: Sure. Uh, and it seems like yeah, you guys least kind of like what you Yeah, we just live, sleep, and breathe it. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, nah, you don't like it. You just don't nah, like it. No. <laughs> you, you bleed it a little bit. A little bit.
1: Yeah. So Is yeah there, it, does blood come in every book?
3: Uh, I feel like those RPG books are, are maybe yeah, printed yeah. in developer and writer blood, but uh, they were, they're labors of love. <laughs> uh,
0: I understand understand how that feels. Um, so I was kind of thinking about it. You guys have been branching out more and more into different styles of games, and different genres and with Level 7 I think was your first attempt to kind of like a big board game
3: uh yeah as far as like big box stuff goes Level right. 7 was a, Level 7 Escape yeah. was kind of a cooperative survival game There's a tile laying aspect right. um it definitely was new territory for us last year mm-hmm.
0: and you know I, I think I'll did very well on it yeah um, we really enjoyed playing it in our group the you know there, are, there was some rough edges on it still uh, but I think y'all guys have paid attention to what people have said about them and and with what I've been reading in my copy of Omega Protocol, it looks like you've cleaned a lot of those up.
3: Sure, um, and, it's, yeah. and it's also a different style game. Yeah, you know, we're always learning. We're always trying to try new things. Um, we put out an expansion for uh, for Escape Called Lockdown mm-hmm. that came out in the spring. Um, you know, it add some new missions, uh, some new elements to the game. Makes they're pretty difficult, I think. Um, and, you know, we, we kind of applied stuff we learned doing that, and we'd always intended to do a whole series of games for level seven. Uh, Omega Protocol is just the second of the series. Um, and, you know, we dropped that here at Gen Con this weekend. It's, it's a, kind of a dungeon-crawler, more action-oriented game than mm-hmm. uh, um, Escape was. And, uh, yeah, it seems to be doing really good. People seem to really like it. Uh, we've got some demo figures. We've got some promo figures for people to pick it up at the show. And, uh, yeah, we're super stoked about Level 7. No, I, I got to watch
0: part of his demo. I haven't had a chance to actually play it yet. Uh, watching the demo was great. Uh, I really liked the whole DM asymmetrical sure. the competitiveness of it because um, it's
3: like it's co-op on the player side versus a single player just
2: playing the characters game and
1: that kind of
3: gameplay just always is a lot of great dynamics I mean when you told me Brian it reminds you
1: a
0: little bit of hero quest
1: in yeah, the sense in, of in that, the mechanic yeah, yeah.
0: Um, you know and there's a few other games that also deploy that kind of asymmetrical competition and those are all really good too uh, but I'm definitely looking forward to going home and able to crack this out uh, I, I know his production quality went way up you know y'all we went from doing like the cardboard figures like again the original escape now you have miniatures mm-hmm. and the new one and it's nice to see how it's improving and growing
3: sure um, you know, I, I think even if we did level seven escape game, we'd, we'd still probably do it with the cardboard pieces. Um, part of it was we wanted to keep it uh, accessible. We wanted to keep that price point down. Right. Um, so I mean, it, it, it is a significantly amount, larger amount gotcha. for, uh, for for Mega Protocol, but I think it's worth it because those figures are really cool. Mm-hmm. They add a really fun tactile element to the game that uh, you don't get with the cardboard stuff. But I was surprised um, by
0: how many there were. Honestly, I, mean, I was expecting maybe ten. But there was like thirty or something. Oh, uh, I don't remember
2: that. It's a fair amount of figures yeah, in there, I mean, yeah. like four or five
0: bags of figures in the box. I was kind of surprised.
3: But actually, it's interesting. One of the reasons we, uh, we chose to do the cardboard stuff with this with Escape was actually we, we, because it's got such a fear and terror and horror movie-based feel to it. We actually didn't want to give people too specific representations of the characters. We wanted you to feel like you were in the game okay. and you really identify with what was going on and not feel that, like, the character was... We wanted to, to immerse you as much as possible. Gotcha, so you want to leave that a little bit up to the imagination. Yeah, a little bit of, like, player char- like, almost like RPG character sheet element to it, where you can kind of picture yourself in this
1: creepy oh, I laboratory. Yeah, I can, I, it makes sense now. Yeah, all of that makes sense. Like, I, I will say, the first time we played, I was a little, little on, you know, out on edge when we were running. Like, oh, it's no! A stressful the, game sometimes. The, the yeah. door
0: is about to close. Run! In Inevitably, there's that one guy that gets locked behind yep. you as you're leaving, and you're
3: like, "Oh no! Game over, yeah. man!
0: Game over!"
3: <laughs> and not everybody makes it out.
0: No, no I think I don't know if we've ever played a game where everybody made it out. I don't think
3: I have either. Most so. of them, nobody makes it out for me, but
0: <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> so, is there anything else that you guys have came up with that you want to talk about? From this?
3: um you know we had, it's, we're actually celebrating the 10th anniversary of War Machine this year which is uh, yeah, super cool uh, to celebrate that we launched a limited edition uh, collector set of the new Butcher uh, Butcher of Cardov Kador- uh, um, the third version of him will be coming out in an upcoming War Machine book we kind of pre-released him as part of that set um the set was a, uh, a uh, an etched wooden box that included the figure, his two argusses. Because he's, he's actually a character with his, his, the butcher's hounds. Yep. Um, and then on top of that, it came with uh, an art print that was numbered, a, uh, a numbered collector's coin, and a signed certificate of authenticity. So it was a really kind of a premium thing. We limited it to a thousand copies. We sold hundreds of them here, and the remainder in our online store. Uh, and they are all sold out, which is. Uh,
1: well, there goes what I was, you know,
3: going to try for next before I left for the con. Yeah, unfortunately he was, uh, I think, the first thing we sold out of.
1: Yeah, I, I can imagine. I,
3: I mean, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't the Butcher one of the first War
1: Machine models ever created? The
3: Butcher was the first War Machine model produced, so that's why we chose him for, uh, for the 10th anniversary set. Makes
0: sense. I mean, like I said, it's been a crazy ten years.
3: I've only been here for uh, five of those ten, but uh, yeah, it's been a wild ride. I mean, well, I I just gotta say for our listeners who are not getting to see this, privateer press
1: has, in my opinion, one of the best-looking booths, because they have the war jacks out front. The demo stations are very comfortable. I mean, I gotta say, guys, cheers! Cheers! i got to say, you guys are very top-notch. Thank you. And for another Gen Con.
3: Absolutely. And, you know, um, I just want to give a shout-out and a thanks to our press gangers, our volunteers who make this show possible for us. I think there's 80 to 100 of them helping us out at Gen Con, running demos, running tournaments, running Iron Arena, all of our prestige tournament formats like Iron Gauntlet. We couldn't do any of that stuff without the press gangers. So if you guys are listening out there, thank you. Uh, We deeply appreciate it. and uh, Thanks to all those press gangers at Gen Con for coming out here and uh, giving up their weekend to help us out. As always,
1: the volunteers are what makes or breaks Jack Don. No question. Glad to hear you guys have some of the best. I guess that's gonna wrap it up for now. Uh, would you like to any last plugs, any last anything, any, like anything? Twitter, Facebook. You,
3: um, you know, High command's gonna be really exciting. We got some really awesome organized play coming down the pipe for that. We're gonna okay, have competitive events. organized play. Yeah. Oh. There's gonna be competitive yes. events. There's gonna be casual events. In fact, uh, does this microphone turn around at all? Uh, because yeah. This is our organized play developer right there. Uh, we can yeah. actually turn it. Yeah, we can okay. turn it. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna tap on the shoulder. Yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, wait for oh, a got, <laughs> Hold on, we got distracted a little bit off, but uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll let you talk for another
3: second or two. Yeah, sure. We'll,
1: we'll, we'll just be like,
3: yeah. So, yeah, uh, War Machine High Command is going to uh, release August twenty eighth. Uh, just tours everywhere. For its high command which is here uh, we have an advance that's gonna be an October general release and then a month or two after that we're gonna start uh, monthly or near monthly expansion content for high Command awesome and there's gonna be no blind buy to that you'll, you'll know exactly what you're getting that'll add new warjacks, new warcasters new uh, detachments um, and really expand the game because you know we even with the uh, the two box sets there's still hundreds of things we haven't uh, added to the game yet. Right. And uh, there's a lot of cool material for us to, uh, when you, to dig into. I haven't looked at any kind of construction rules, but when you sell these expansions, is it going to be like
0: you get a whole play set worth? Or?
1: Yeah, so okay. it's going to be a one-time buy, basically. Right. Awesome. Right. I, I cannot stress that enough. That is amazing. Yeah. yeah. I would. I, that's the one thing that you know has got me away from traditional TCGs, sure. is having to buy oh, pack after pack after pack after pack, and now I can just go buy once, I'm done. Sure. Awesome. Uh, right. Now I can grab Yeah, let's grab Hey, Will. Will.
2: Say hello, Will. Hi, this is Will Hungerford, how you doing?
1: Fantastic. I just found out we're gonna have organized play
2: for high command. Oh yeah, absolutely. We've got you know casual events like the launch event. So when War Machine High Command comes out and when Hordes High comes out and comes out, uh, we've got these special sort of all day single day events where you show up, you play a bunch of games, you earn points for doing so. And you get to trade your points in towards special promo cards that the store or local club can order, which is totally free for the retailer by the way. Also, no cost to them. And these are gonna actually be uh, new Warcasters and Warlocks that aren't included in the core game. So you're getting new cards to play with then competitively, we're going to have a a monthly series called Kingmaker. This is a a, a more tournament 1v1 style. You can also do free-for-all tournaments if you want. And every month, there'll be a new alternate art card, uh, which is alternate art of one of the Warcasters or Warlocks that has appeared in either the core uh, uh, releases or the later-on expansions. So, for instance, we've got really cool things like... um, uh, high Exemplar Krios is one of the Warcasters and the Protectorate of Minoth that you'll get in the main War Machine book. His alternate art is him unmasked. So you oh, actually wow. get to see what Krios looks like without the mask on. You use that as your card. He has the exact same rules, but it's just sort of that extra, you know, that little flash that you get to show yeah. off when you're playing the game.
1: It's, it's nice when you sit down and play against that player, you're like, oh.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: You've done this a lot, haven't you? And
2: and with all the awesome art that we have of some of these casters in these different and unique looks, you know, we've got Pirate Queen Scars the the alternate art card with her in the uh, in the bar holding up a giant keg of beer with the, uh, the barrels of beer behind her and it just looks awesome and uh, you know when people go play the winner of the tournament will get one and then one random participant or participant gets one so just going to a Kingmaker tournament is a good chance to win these cards and they're fun tournaments uh, you know the, the competitive style really enfor- uh, enforces two minute time turns so you have to play quickly but once you get the hang of the game it's not terribly hard to do so and you can really pit your skill against everyone else in the room a ton of fun.
1: Well, I, I I'll say just from the little bit I've gotten to play, I'm, I'm excited.
2: Yeah, and we're, we're really oh, excited yeah. to see, especially when the expansions come out, people can begin um, customizing their uh, detachments and their decks. What kind of archetypes that are going to come out? What kind of deck builds you're going to see from, from everybody? And that's going to be a, a lot of fun to see the community discussing these and coming up with these. Well, that sounds
1: pretty cool. yeah. well, I hope at Gen Con next year when we come back, we'll get to say, guys, What's new? What's next? What? How can you? How are you going to top what you just did in this Gen Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, <laughs> well, that's more of a question for you at that time. Yeah. Right?
3: Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be hard to top after this year, but we'll uh, <laughs> we'll find a way. Yeah, you mentioned this was a record-setting year, so, right? Yeah, it's, uh, it's been really big for us. Yeah, so hopefully next year you can do it again. Yeah, I th- that's the hope, right? Right. I think that's all our hopes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, guys,
1: again, thank you so much for having us on. Absolutely. Well, not having us on, having you guys being on our show. Sure,
0: for having us here in your booth. You know, yes. Nice to talk to you.
3: It was uh, Will. Will, yes.
0: Yeah. Nice to meet you, Will. Yeah.
3: Simon. Simon. Simon.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I'm horrible with names, man. But... That and it's three days of con. Your mind's a little already, yeah, it's tired. My back's hurting. My feet are
3: falling off, and I'm ready to go sleep for two weeks.
2: But it's so much fun; it's worth it in the oh, end. Oh,
3: that's No doubt. And I, uh, I guess we'll be seeing you at PAX. Yes,
1: I will. Uh, I will be at PAX. Uh, hopefully, thank we'll bring ask. the show with yeah. us. If not, I will definitely stop by. And say hi Well, please come say hi. Either way, we'd we'll be happy to speak to you again. Awesome. Thanks right, cool. so much. Well, thanks thank for everything. Yeah. We'll, we'll hopefully see you guys in two weeks, and if not, then we'll see you next year. Sounds great. All right. Yeah. Thanks again, Simon. Cheers. Well, thanks again, Past Tim and Brian. For Those guys wonderful are good. Interview. They are amazing. Yeah. I, I wish I, we could hire them. I know. I wish I could be them.
0: <laughs> God, I'm so sorry, listeners.
1: Um, we have to be cheesy sometimes, <laughs> guys. We're sorry. So <laughs> no. after, after the Privateer Press thing, we brought it up before. We did get to get some snacks at Scotty's mm-hmm. Brewhouse. You know, had to have some Dragon's Milk.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: As you do? Uh,
1: I have to. And then we made our way over to True Dungeon.
0: Mm -hmm. had
1: amazing time i will say this again an amazing time yeah it was probably the best night the best dungeon run for us
0: yeah but you will go all into that on saturday
1: yes so stay so listeners make sure you're subscribed so you can get that true dungeon episode
0: Mm-hmm.
1: anyway so we wrapped up true dungeon and we had to find a place to eat so we decided to make our way over to tavern at the south which was bought out by well it was you know yeah, it sponsored was the, by steve jackson games yeah, it was the
0: munchkin tavern
1: and it was a it, the sad part is by the time we got there they ran out about they, ten,
0: they had already shut down the kitchen
1: it was about 1030 at night, so we ended up uh, we ended up just having drinks there, mm-hmm. and it was a lot of fun that the, they had, you know, all the staff was wearing Munchkin shirts. They had a lot of Munchkin stuff.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I got the shot glass that the rule around it is you, you take a shot for the team, and so when somebody needs to run away and they fail, you can take a shot, and that person can run away. Yeah, also the t-shirts. Yeah, they had a t-shirt. I don't know what the rule was on the t-shirt this year. Um, they, had, uh, they have a, a pint glass in there that for each design of the pint glass, once per game, you can drain the glass to uh, go up a level.
1: Uh, well, the T-shirt, if I remember correctly, is you're only allowed to wear two T-shirts in the tournament. Yeah, but the, those, it, the rule is two T-shirts. However, with the, with the uh, Tavern at the South uh, events going forward, is that you can wear as many of them as you
0: want as long
1: as they're all a different design.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's something like that. It, it sounds like it's gonna be pretty cool.
1: Is your mic working okay? Yeah, it's working. I was looking at, I was pausing. God ah! Anyway, but uh we had a lot of fun with that. I mean, we gotta to talk to the there was actually a Steve Jackson
0: rep there and mm-hmm. It was actually one that- of the women from the uh board or from the Ascension Tournament that I sat next to. And she was the only person that had even matches the whole time
1: lucky her
0: yeah yeah
1: all right so so i mean pretty much you know that's how we kind of ended our night the rest of the night was you know us having fun geeking out with all our friends mm-hmm. and family and that was it and it, i would say you know for a saturday we we lived <sighs> that
0: saturday to the fullest
1: we did i mean like i am sitting back and we ended it the best way I think possible is we ended it by going to noodle company at like two or three o'clock in the morning, sitting down, eating a bowl of noodles yep. and sitting there and just talking about the dungeon, talking about the games we saw throughout the day. And honestly, we even told some epic turn stories. Mm-hmm. And no, we're not meaning about our
0: podcast. No, but yeah, we, it was it was a lot know. of fun. Um, I, I, I want to backtrack as for a second, though. And say and say thank you to Simon and William again for coming on the podcast. And we got to sit up right there at the booth on the floor. And it was just so incredible to talk to those guys about what they're doing.
1: Actually, I felt I felt honored that they let us go behind the booth Mm -hmm. and the fact that they had someone come run interference for us, which turned out was William, um, which was William. (laughs) that, that was probably the nicest thing ever. Like mm-hmm. the fact that they they really cared, you know, about you know our recording. Yeah. So again, guys, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say, talking about Privateer Press is I get to hang out with those guys at PAX. Hey, can't wait, guys.
0: See you guys uh, next week. I wish I could go to PAX too. But I got I got too much uh, too much going on right now. Um, you know, we got High Command both versions of it. We got um, the level seven, uh, lockdown for their escape, uh, that we're, you know, we're looking forward to, uh, trying out. We also got the new level seven Omega protocol, which I, I think there's probably going to be an episode or half an episode or something like that about that in the future.
1: I think, I think that's another good versus one for us to do, in, to do in the future is both level sevens. So we can, you know, give, you know, Simon, Spoke about what the difference I feel is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice to do a versus of that as well, or Omega uh, Protocol versus Hero Quest. Well, Let's there's a blast through the past.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of GM versus player type board games out, and they're having a resurgence right now. You know, we have um, uh, Nih- uh, Last Night on Earth from Flying Frog mm-hmm. is that same style, where you have one yep. player that plays the zombies, and the rest of them are playing heroes that are trying to survive and um, I don't think anybody does cinematic experiences quite as well as Flying Frog does. By the way, but uh, I love Flying Frog. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> incredible games. Um, so you know, uh, there is some sort of episode, maybe a versus, maybe a panorama shot of, of, the, of the genre. I'm not sure which, but uh, it's going to be good.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to try. I'm excited to try out the new expansion that you picked up. By the way,
0: mm, me too. Me too. It's going to. Uh, I just wish we had more game days.
1: <laughs> might have to just start forcing we might have to start just you know kidnapping people tying mm-hmm. church, like, roll these dice
0: yes i don't care if your hands are tied just not just nod <laughs> at them <Yeah.
1: laughs> anyway so yeah gen con day you know gen con day three for us it, it to be honest it seemed like we didn't do a lot because of the tournament although yeah i mean, mean that, took, that, that took that took a huge a, portion of our day But however, there was a lot of camaraderie throughout the whole day. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I think day three for us was really about getting back to our, you know, getting back and talking to everybody and just doing what Gen Con does best, which is bringing people together who love hobby gaming and giving them that central location to enjoy the hobby. And I I, that's the best way I could put it is it was just I think that was that day for why Gen Con was created. Saturday was our day to experience it.
0: Absolutely. Also, one mm-hmm. epic thing from Saturday, okay. and I, I think I posted this on our Twitter account. Okay. And the guy made a giant balloon Cthulhu.
3: Oh, yes, the giant <laughs> balloon
1: Cthulhu. So every year this guy uh, – so if – well, I've most every year is that we've all the years we've gone is he makes these giant balloon creatures. And this year was a giant balloon. Cthulhu last year was a giant dragon, balloon. breathing
0: fire. Dragon. Yes. Yeah. And, and I asked him how many balloons it was. He said it was about 2,500 balloons in Cthulhu and it That's even insane. walked and moved around. Like he could walk it and move it around. I mean, it had the giant wings. It was probably 10, 15 foot tall. It was, it was pretty spectacular. And <laughs> I'll tell you what happened to it on, on Sunday, on Sunday's episode.
1: Yes, so that means you have to subscribe to yeah. get Sunday's episode. Just saying, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Well, don't, don't,
0: don't. don't just tell, them, go tell him where to subscribe. Come on, let's wrap I, this one I up.
1: Will. All right, well, guys, thanks for joining us for another episode of Epic Turn. You can find our show notes at epicturn.com forward slash episodes, forward slash seven. You can follow us on Twitter at Epic Turn. You, your co-host can be found at Caleton for Brian and Telshin for me. If you liked our show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. And again, Thanks for listening, and we'll be back for another epic turn. Drop that marker. (laughs) (laughs) It's time for what does Tim's fortune cookie say? Good sense is the master of human life. In bed? In spandex.
0: Uh, Neither of these make any sense.